Well, good morning, Life Church Bath. How are you all? So good to see you. I'm gonna uh, start, I'm gonna ask everybody just to put their hand on their heart and I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna just pray that the, the Lord would speak to both of us this morning, that we would hear um, just what he wants to say to us this morning. That is the best thing for all of us. I love it when God speaks. And uh, my heart is that just in the, this 20, 20 minutes that we have, that we would just together hear from the Lord. So Lord, I just, uh, Father, we just ask that, Lord, as we hear these words, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, would you reveal things that need to be revealed? And Lord, would you just lead us into truth, into your peace? And we just thank you, Lord, just for the uh, plan that you have for your church in this time. And Lord, that we are willing and we are, we're not just willing, Lord, but we want to be used by you in this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, again, it's just so good to be with you all. Um, I've just enjoyed uh, these times when we've uh, not only have I shared, but also the messages that we've been having over these weeks and months. I, I, I know that you would agree with me, although I can't see you, uh, but you can definitely throw it out on the chat is that these messages have just been from the Lord. Um, there's just the team around, that everyone that has spoken, thank you. It is just an honor to be able to be given a platform like this to share in these times. And what interesting times they are. Um, guys, there was absolutely no mistake when the Lord uh, gave it to Dan Reynolds at the beginning of uh, 2020 and, and said that this year it's going to be focusing on um, the second Peter 3.11, what kind of people ought we to be? And that has just been such an interesting question to ask ourselves weekly, daily, hourly with everything that's gone on. But it's been the backdrop for so many decisions. And um, this morning, I just want to really lightly share something with you that the Lord uh, showed me uh, after Janine's message and into last week and me processing what she shared. Because if you guys haven't heard it, please go back and listen to Janine's message. It was a word from the Lord. And I was so challenged and stirred by it that actually I, I had this little conversation with the Lord that is almost, it's, it's not a part two from Janine's message because what she said, she, it was a full stop at the end of the message. She released the word and there's a response. But what I want to come um, on the back of Janine's message is, is speak to you individually to ask you the question, do you believe? Do you believe what she said? Because she said, she said a number of things, but, but, but the takeaways for me was God is going to pour out his spirit on us afresh. Do you remember she said there's a move of God coming to the church in this time? And, 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 and I feel like we need to uh, recognize that this is a word that she had from the Lord, but it takes us to respond. And it was in the response that I felt like the Lord saying he just wanted me to share something with all of us today. Now, when, when you hear words like that, when you hear words from the Lord at any time, your response, what comes out of your mouth and your attitude or what you, what you think of when you're hearing the Lord is a great indicator of what's going on in here, your heart. And so when we hear a word like God is going to pour out a fresh um, a fresh move of the spirit on his church in a time like this, you can either respond as, yes, he is, Janine, yes and amen, I believe it, or, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard people say that before. I've been in church so long, I, I know what that stuff is. Yep, yep, God's always coming, right? And it's, 
specifically this is what I want to be talking about. I want to just talk about how is your heart right now? How's it doing? Because we have been through quite a lot together. I, I can talk about everything that's happened, but you know, there, there's no build-up needing to be told about what's happened. But I just want to ask you a question that maybe you haven't asked yourself or someone hasn't asked you. How is your heart? How is your heart? You know, your, your heart is so important. Let me just read to you, and this is a verse that we all know, but Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I'll read you another translation. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Here's another one. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. I'm going to read another one so there's clarity this morning. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Guys, your heart is everything. Your heart is everything. Jesus even goes further to say this in Matthew 12, verse 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Like that, that is enough just for us to hear that, to ask the question, how is my heart right now? How are you doing? Jesus, he walked with the 12, 12 disciples very closely. And Jesus, in his wonder, he, we get to read in the scriptures his interactions with the disciples. And there are things that the disciples said and did with Jesus that Jesus uses as a lesson for us to learn about if you don't protect your heart, what comes out of your mouth will be opposite to what God is doing. It, 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 it's kind of like, it's kind of scary to think about what you say from your mouth has the power to bring life or death and in a time of shaking in a time where things are not going the way that we planned in 2020 what comes out of your mouth is not a reaction to the problem it's actually an indicator of what's always been in here where your trusts are how you trust the lord during a time of shaking and it can't be more described as I'm just going to go through a th three, just few little passages where we see what the disciples are doing in front of Jesus. And, and, and one of them, obviously so well known, it's in the book of Mark, which just to say, uh, Simon Harrison and Edmund are going to be going through uh, the book of Mark verse by verse in August. So get, log on for round the table. Guys, you're doing such a great job. But in Mark 16, start of verse 9, what I love about this version of um, the story of the resurrection of Jesus is that we, we know that Jesus is resurrected and he comes back and meets the disciples. But in this specific um, chapter and, and verse written by Mark, he explains what happens when he comes back. And let me read it to you. Mark 16, 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She wept and told them that they had been with him. And as they mourned and wept, but when they heard that he was alive, that he had been seen by her, they would not believe it. 
Reheda. They would not believe the account that Mary had just told them. Verse 12, after these things, he appeared in another form to two of them. And as they were walking back into the country and they and they they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. There's the word again, believe. And then 14, afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table. And listen to this, this is Jesus walking into the room that the disciples had locked themselves in and they were in unbelief. You've just heard it twice. They were scared. They did not believe. They're probably looking at each other going, what was the last three years about? And Jesus walks into the room and here, as he sees them reclining at the table, he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. That is, I don't know what that rebuke looked like, but one of Jesus appearing in the flesh to say that he's resurrected and then to rebuke them for not believing, that's a powerful picture to think of. And and you might ask, well, what is a rebuke? It's calling out a behaviour, a comment, a thought that is not in line or agreement with the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, guys, This is wrong. The hardness of your heart, the unbelief that you are demonstrating, this is wrong. This is wrong and you need to repent. And it was two things. It was unbelief and hardness of heart. And I think they go together. I'd love to know what you think of whether it's the hardness of the heart that leads to unbelief or it's unbelief that then leads to hardness of the heart. But the fact is these two go together and Jesus went after it because it was wrong. And it goes deeper. It was that with their hardness of heart and unbelieving and their belief, they did not believe the story, the testimony of Mary. And so if you have a calloused heart, if you have a hard heart mixed with unbelief, you then rationalise and determine what someone is saying through their mouth as a testimony to say, I don't believe what you've just said. So you're no longer relying on what the Spirit of God is saying. You're believing and relying on what you see with your own eyes. Jesus even says this in Matthew 13, 15, and he's talking about people with a hard heart and unbelief. For this people's heart has become calloused, Listen to this. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed eyes. You see, your your belief in him, your faith that you put in him can determine what you hear and what you see. They're linked. They're interlinked. So going back to what I said before, what was your response last week to Janine's message to us as a body? That God is moving that God is doing something with us, through us in this time. What was your response? And isn't it interesting as we follow on on Mark, in verse 15, after Jesus rebukes them, they must have repented. So Jesus is calling out the unbelief, the hardness of heart, And then they have the witness of that they are seeing Jesus in the flesh and they repent. Because then look what happens. After after he calls them, 
He then says in verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink any deadly poison. It will not hurt them and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So you have rebuke of the hardness of heart and unbelief. And once they turn, they repent, they turn their mind and fix their eyes back on God. Then the application of their faith is then put back. Then they start being able to release the kingdom on people. I can read again, it's the Great Commission. But can you see how the outworkings of your faith are determined on what you believe. And in a time of crisis, in a time of change, in a time of being uncomfortable, what you believe is an indicator of what's going on in here. I've got two other really quick examples. Matthew 16, verse 21, Jesus talking to Peter. And from this time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter rebuking Jesus. That's a Selah moment right there. And saying, far be it from you, Lord, this will never happen to you. But as he heard it, Jesus turned to Peter, which obviously recognised that Peter's rebuking Jesus and Jesus is maybe even looking at him. He says, turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. And this is this, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but you are setting them on the things of man. Again. Peter setting his eyes on the things of man, not on what God is doing, not not understanding or seeing it from God's perspective. And so Jesus was saying, Peter, even your thinking is wrong. And do you know what? That kind of thinking is contagious. That kind of thinking is contagious to me and you. Having people that might be saying little snippet, uh, things contrary to what God is saying, that kind of behaviour is contagious. Peter, are you putting your faith in what man is saying? I mean, it could look like right now, guys, are you putting your faith in what you're reading or seeing from the BBC News right now? Are you, are you putting your faith in the, you, you, looking at the signs of the times and saying contrary to what God is saying? I mean, and I, one thing I know is that, guys, we, Life Church Bath, we are called to be givers and bringers of life. We, we, we have the hope of all hopes on our side. What are we saying with our mouth right now? Because like I said, going all the way back, it's what's going on in here is what we are saying with our mouth. Last one, John 1, 43. You guys know this when uh, Jesus uh, calls out Nathaniel and has a word of knowledge, sees him sitting under the fig tree. But the, but the conversation between Nathan and his, Nathaniel and his brother shows you something that's going on in his heart right now. This is the next day, verse 43, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, 
we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And you know Nathaniel's response, 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see. And as you know, they go and they meet Jesus. But see this, Nathaniel has just been told that the Messiah, the holy and anointed one is here in our midst. Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel's own heart, his belief in God, his belief in the kingdom, he could not go past the fact that Jesus was here. He had to talk about the town that he came in because Nathaniel's thinking was, if this was Jesus, he would not come from that town. You recognise that even what we think about who God is and how we think he's going to fit our boxes and our mind and what he looks like, it's against what God is. He was thinking of an earthly mindset. And so your faith in him, how you, how you respond to what the Lord is doing, is so key to us in this time, church. So key. You know, I, I, I want to say that if, if, if any of you all, all recognise that response to when you hear God is doing something in this time, there's a fresh move coming. See, if your response is, like I said earlier, is, yeah, we've heard that before. I would argue to say that that is cynicism. That's being cynical. That's, that's essentially adding your own um, experience onto something and saying, well, it's not going to be like that because this is what I see. You know, cynicism makes you miserable. And, and, and I would say this, I would call it out like this. It's actually very English. You, you, you might not understand what I'm saying, but I think I, for me moving to America, I had to move, I moved into another culture and I got to see another culture of what their day-to-day beliefs were and how that was played out, especially in the church. And Americans are not cynical in the way that I think us Brits are. And, and in a way, we as Brits have almost made it a little bit of a proud moment to say, it's because we're English, we're cynical. And we can say things like, yeah, well, yeah, we've been, we've been believing this for ages, but now nah, maybe not today. And I just want to call it out and say, we're called to be believers. We're, we're called to be believers, church. We are to believe what God is saying, not applying our own personal experience and our own theology based on our experience, that if God says he's doing something, then he's doing something, right? You know, cynicism, it, it will abort things before they can grow. It, it stunts all growth. It, it, cynicism can't be redeemed in the way that you think. It's, it, it's not kingdom. It's, it's not the way that we are supposed to be reflecting the, the kingdom of God. And, and it's often mistaken as intelligence. It's often mistaken out, it could only be mistaken as wisdom. But to have a soft, moldable heart, a childlike faith, of going, I just know that God's heart for us is good and he is always doing something. He will always turn the most, he can and he will, he can turn the most impossible situation into a miracle. And we have to protect our hearts, church, to recognise that if we are carrying disappointments in this time, if, 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 if and, and, and I'm speaking from experience here, like I know that this has been some of the hardest months for those of you that are listening. I've spoken to you. I've, I've heard what is going on. 
and how, how it might even right now look like it's going to get worse. But I want us to be a believing people church in this time, to believe that God is not passive. God is not sat on his hands in this time, that we know that God is for us. And if he's for us, who could be against us? Who? You know, there's a, there's a proverb, um, Proverbs 15, 15 says, for the despondent, every day brings trouble, but for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. I love that. I lo- do, you, do you see life as a continual feast right now? Or is every day just a challenge after a challenge? How is your heart? Romans 8, 6 is a verse that I've heard Dan preach a lot and it's been a challenge because he says this. Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. So letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And I want us to ask ourselves, Lord, are you controlling our minds right now? Are there things right now that need just to be dealt with at the cross? Are there offences? Are there, are there any, is there any part of me, Lord, that I need to forgive that person? I need to accept that things have not gone the way that I planned. But because of who you are, Jesus, because of the great commission that you've asked me to be a part of, because of the, the hope and the bringers of hope that I'm supposed to be in this time, is there something that I just need to bring to the foot of the cross and turn to the Jesus in his loving kindness as he wipes away sin, as he brings life, and we can be the people that God has called us to be in this time. Is that you? You know, we are, in our vision statement, we're called to be radical, not cynical. I'm gonna say that again. We are to be radical believers of God, not cynical ones. Not cynical ones thinking that there's a catch to every statement that God says. You know, what, what kind of people ought we to be in this time? A believing people. A believing people. A, a believing people that knowing that we as the ecclesia, the ecclesia, God's people, that we are the instrument right now that God is going to use to love a broken world. It's me and you. There's no one else. There, guys, I, I am so aware of the, the thoughts that I've been thinking for months of is, well, when are we going to get back to church? When are we going to get back? And I'm thinking, how many people during this time of, of being locked up, of, of, of the challenge that we've been going for, how many people have not had the community that we have right now to fall back on? People have gone through what we've gone, but they've not had something to look forward to. That for me is a wake up cause that we are to be the happiest, loving, hope filled people, pointing people to Jesus because our hope is in him, not anything else. We are to be believers. So I want to just do this. I just want you to, again, put your hand on your heart. If that is you, if, you, if you've heard what I've shared and you think you know, there is something that I think I've, I'm maybe not as soft as I once was, I've become a bit calloused. I'm maybe questioning things that I've believed for a long time, just about not only what God has said, but about his character, about, what, about who he says he is. I just want you just to go to the Lord. He's here right now. He's with us. 
And I'm just going to pray. Lord, in the only way that you know how, and this is what you do, you heal and you mend broken hearts. Father, I just pray, Lord, for all of us, Lord, that in this time our hearts would not become calloused, and Lord, that we would be believing believers. And Lord, that if there is anything in us, Lord, that you know that is a barrier to what you are saying and doing in this time, Lord, I pray that you would remove it with your grace. Jesus, it is written in Psalm 147 that you heal our brokenheartedness and you bandage our wounds. And so, Lord, I pray for that grace over us as a body. Lord, that we would hear you, we would love you and we would see you and hear you again with what you're saying and you are doing in this time. Amen. Now, guys, personally, this is really what I'm sharing with you has been a personal journey of me of just grappling with the choice of God. I'm believing not only on what you've said, but believing in who you are. What do you believe? It all comes from the treasury of a good heart, like I said. But what, how, how I have guided myself and focused myself and disciplined myself to stay true in this is that I have found a song, we, you, we've sung it before, but for me right now, this song encompasses a, a believing heart, a soft heart to do with believing, um, you know, for believing what God has said over me personally and you, believing what God has said over us as a church and also believing of what God has said over our nation in England over this time. And it's the song, Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? If you, it, you guys know it, if you see the lyrics, you read the lyrics, but they are prophetic statements about not only what God has promised, but what he's doing right now. I, I love that verse where it's, all the streams flow as one river. For me, that is the picture of what God is doing to the church right now. The church is coming together in this time. And I speak on behalf of me. I do not want to miss it. I, do, I don't want my heart to get so calloused and so proud that I forget and lose focus of that, Jesus, you are the perfecter of our faith. You are the head of the church, your body, and you are leading us through this. So I'm going to end with this. I want us to stand, we're gonna sing this song, Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? And I want you to speak it over yourself, over your family, over the church, over this nation, because in this time, church, what kind of people ought we to be? We are gonna be a believing people.